0: your Bibles tonight turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. Uh, We've been trying to preach through Nehemiah but we've had all these other uh, subjects and things that the Lord has laying our hearts to preach on and and then uh, tonight we'd like to get back into Nehemiah especially here in verse 15 of chapter 3 and uh, we're going to talk about tonight with the help of the Lord the gate of the fountain. The gate of the fountain. So let's stand and let's read uh, we're not going to read all the verses, but it's from 15 down to verse 25 is connected to this gate fountain. And so we'll read verse tonight, and as we go tonight, we'll read others. As we see in verse 15, it says, But the gate of the fountain repaired Shalun, the son of Koziah, the ruler of a part of Mishpah. He built it, and he covered it and set up the doors thereof the locks thereof, and the bars thereof, and the wall of the pool of Shiloh by the king's garden, under the stairs that go down from the city of David. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you tonight, Lord, for gathering us together. You may assemble us together to worship the Lord. We pray tonight, God, that you give us help in the word of God. God, we're just but flesh, and God, we're weak, and God, that we're not able and capable. And, and Lord, we know tonight, Father, that without God we can do nothing and we are nothing. And Lord, so if we don't get the help of the Lord tonight, God, we can't do anything that's worth doing anything tonight. So we need the help from you. We pray that the Spirit of God would anoint us. Pray the Spirit of God would move in this service and amongst your people. Pray, God, that the Holy Ghost of God would speak, dear God, tonight. Father, I ask you, Lord, to do a special work within my heart and the work of others tonight. God, do as you please within our service tonight. May we give you tonight our desire, God, is to be in your presence. God, to come under your tutorage. God, to be tonight, dear God, empowered by you tonight. We pray, Father, that you'll do that for us. And God, may you get glory. May you get honor. If there's anybody unsaved tonight, God, may this be the day they'd be saved and born again. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. They may be seated. The reason we went to Nehemiah, if you remember some months ago, uh, we preached out of the chapters, chapter 9 and chapter 10, and we talked about chapters 9 and 10 where the revival took place. What did it look like to have revival? What does it uh, sound like? Uh, What is all involved with... Revival. And we found that in those two chapters as we preached on those two chapters for several weeks. And then we, taught, we taught, began to think about if that's what revival looks like and that's what revival sounds like. And that's what we want in our hearts tonight. What will it require for us to get there? How are we going to be able to get to the place of revival if that's really what we want tonight as a Christian Uh, but not as only a Christian, but as a church tonight, we came across these gates. In order for Jerusalem to find themselves in chapter 9 and chapter 10, there had to be done some rebuilding and some repairing of these gates and of this wall. We found in chapter 3, there in about verse 1, we found the gate called the Sheep Gate. And we began to preach that if we're going to have revival, we're going to have to repair and rebuild our sheep gate. Meaning tonight that we're going to have to come to a place that our salvation has more meaning to us than this what happened to us in the past. But it is something that's in our present. It's something that we will give God glory for, that we will build it, we will repair it, we will make sure that as going forward and presently right now that the salvation that we've been saved with, the Savior that saved us will be exalted, it will be magnified that anything and everything tonight will be all to the attention of the Savior, the God of glory, Jesus Christ himself, and until we find ourselves lifted up Jesus and making sure that our salvation tonight is at the forefront of our lives we'll never see revival but an understanding repairing that gate can bring back a revival in our hearts when we begin to give god glory and honor for saving our souls amen how many times do we live how many times do we talk how many times do we come to church and we don't talk about our salvation at all it seems like that's a past thing that seems like something happened a long time ago that that was done and over and through. Oh, but tonight we need to mention it often. We need to mention it a lot. We need to even ask God and even tell God, thank you for saving us, amen. Then we went to the fish gate. The fish gate is a is a gate that's pretty close to the, the sheep gate. Of course, the fish gate will represent our testimony or represent our witness. It will represent as it was that Jesus said to his disciples, I will make you fishers of men. We need to rebuild or repair tonight our fish gate, which means we need to be more actively going forward in witnessing to others, actively going to the world and tell others about Jesus. We need to be actively tonight and you with humility and with uh, a confidence in our heart that Jesus will save the world. Amen? If we're going to have revival, a friend, evangelism, witnessing, telling others about Jesus tonight is going to be in the forefront of our lives. Amen? Amen. And then we prayed, then we preached that not only the, the fish gate, but we came to the next gate, which is called the old gate. And remember as we preach in the old gate that you and I don't have to get back to the old way. we are got to, to get back to the old past. We've got to, to go back to the old King James Version Bible. Get back to the old hymns. Get back to the old worship get back to the old-fashioned worship of God, to get back in the old ways and paths where God had told us to go to and we started out, amen, the new and improved tonight is not cutting it. The new and improved is not getting it. We're going to have to go back, amen, and friend, if we ever going to find revival, it's because we're going to go right back, amen, to the old book, the old Word of God, the old way of fashioning of of preaching and lifting up God and worshiping the Lord in the old way. Amen. Number four, we preached on the, the old valley gate. You remember the valley gate talking about as you went through that valley gate and as you're going through those storms and you're going through those t- trials of life and as you're going through those uh, situations and circumstances instead of being all oh, bitter about them, instead of being confused over them, instead of just wondering why tonight we need to rebuild our valley gate and say Lord that while I'm in the valley and while I'm in the troubles of life that's the time where you make me better, that's the time where you teach me the most, that's the time when things grow in the valley tonight, not on the mountaintop, but there where the water flows and there where the grass grows. God, help me not to be mad at you because I'm going through a trial. No, help me not to be bitter because I'm going through a hard time. But let me give thanks to God and let me say thank you, Lord, for making me what you're making me in the valley. We got to build our valley gate. I don't know if you remember all that, Uh, tonight as we preached some time ago and then we preached on the dung gate talked about we need to rebuild or restore our dung gate and what did that just mean well that means tonight we need to make sure that we go through that dung gate in order for us to get rid of all the waste in our lives to find out the ugly things in us tonight. The things that stink and the things that are pathetic tonight. The things that separate us from man and from God. The things tonight that makes our attitude wrong and our spirit, friend, not the spirit of God. We need to find that we need to walk through that gate and we need to rebuild that gate and begin to confess our sin and forsake our sin and get clean with God and get right with man tonight so that you and I can find ourselves in the way of worship of the Lord and We need to rebuild our dung gate. You remember that tonight? I'm telling you, before we can ever have revival, Glory Baptist Church, we gotta begin to rebuild these gates in our lives. And then tonight we come to the fountain gate. We find in the fountain gate tonight, if you would see, we find that it's verse 15 down to verse 25. It's the longest passage of Scripture concerning a gate. And all of the gates tonight, that has a significance we'll show you in just a moment. I want you to notice number one tonight about this fountain gate. I want you to notice the facts of the fountain gate. Just want you to know that tonight in the way of the facts. I want you to notice tonight that the only water supply into Jerusalem was this supply of the fountain gate. No other place in Jerusalem got water or had water. It came from a, called a Gihon spring. That's, where, that's what fed the Silo here, the pool of Silo here. That's what fed that pool, was a spring. And this spring uh, was the only water supply into Jerusalem. This water supply was provided by God, amen? For it is a spring that God has created. It was a spring that God had provided. It was a spring that God had directed to come to Jerusalem. And that spring is always producing water, always bringing forth fresh water. It's always coming forth unto unto Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, friend, uh, uh, that's where you want to be, where the water comes in. And we find that in the pool of Siloam, it was furnished by a Gahan spring. Number two. Not only the only water supply to Jerusalem, which the water supply was provided by God because it was, a, it was a spring, but the water supply was created by God. Look at Genesis chapter 2 with me. Keep your hand there, Nehemiah. But Genesis chapter 2, and I want you to look at this. This is pretty interesting. The Bible says there in verse 10, it says, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden." And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name was the first was Pison, that which was compasseth of the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold that in that land is good. Uh, there is Benlam and the ox stone. And the name of the second river was Gihon. The same as it was, a, was compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third was Hedekal, which is goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river was Euphrates. I just got saved, and Lord just called me to preach, and I was working in a nursing home, or a, not a nursing home, but a retirement home. And as I got saved and called to preach, I went to the director of that home and asked her. I said, her name was Pam. I said, hey, Pam, you think I might be able to preach uh, to your residents in this home? And she said, oh, man, that would be great. Uh, could you do that like every Tuesday? And I said, sure, i would do that. And so I'm on the clock and I'm preaching every Tuesday. And uh, the first time I went out there, they had this other guy come and she said, well, just go with him and, and listen to him and uh, he will show you how things go, you know, how the Services go here at the home. I said, okay, no problem. And that guy gets there and he takes out a $100 bill and uh, he, he t- puts a $100 bill in his hand. he said, anybody in this room that could tell me the four, the four rivers that's coming out of the Garden of Eden, uh, Eden he said, I'll give you this $100. Man, I, I just got saved, called the preach. I didn't have the answer. And, uh, and so he looks at me and he, he called me out since I was the young preacher of that day, he said, man, what's the Four Rivers' names? Well, I knew Hedekal, I knew Hedekiah, and, and, and I knew uh, that it was going to be... Uh, I didn't know. I thought, I thought Euphrates, but I had no idea of Pisan and Gihon. I didn't have that. I would never guess that, and so I said, "I said, no, it's, I know Hittichael is one. I think Euphrates is another." He said, "Okay, that's two." And uh, he said, "What's the other two?" I said, "I don't know." He said, "Okay, you don't get hundred dollars. You should know that." And I said, "I tell you what, I'll never not know that again in my entire life. If there's anything that I memorize of the Bible, I'll memorize those four heads." And friend, I have knew them ever since, amen. But you know what? Nobody's ever offered me another hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I want you to notice this water supply here in this Nehemiah tonight was a supply not only provided by God, but it was, it was created by God. He created this water. He created uh, this head. He created four, and one of them a Gihon. Now that word Gihon means gushing forth. That's what it means tonight, gushing forth. The water supply was not only provided by God and it was created by God, but the water supply was sent by God. And it was the pool of Siloam. Now we hear of this pool in John chapter 9 verse 7. Turn there with me if you don't mind. John chapter 9 and verse 7. So we find tonight this pool. This pool is mentioned. It has a little different name, but it's the very same pool as it is there in Nehemiah. John chapter 9 verse 7, it says, And said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation, sent. So we can be in Nehemiah tonight, and we're talking about the fountain gate, and we can know that the fountain gate would mean tonight water, and we would know that that water is provided uh, to Jerusalem, the only source of supply. You're not going to get any other water anywhere else except from this stream. This is spring. And not as it provided, but it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God created everything and God created all things. He created that stream or created that spring. Amen? And then he calls it Salome, and it means scent. So it's telling us tonight that this fountain gate that has been uh, destroyed and been up to the place where now Nehemiah is going to rebuild it and going to repair it tonight, and it's by the pool of Siloam tonight or solo tonight, it means that God sent it. So we could say tonight that that water, very, very understandably, the only water supply into Jerusalem. This water was sent to Jerusalem on purpose. This water was sent to Jerusalem by a plan. This water was sent to them in a way that you and I can understand that this place of Jerusalem required and needed and it was necessary for the functioning and for the health and the hope of Jerusalem. They had to have fresh water. And God sent it there. Look, at, look about tonight in Psalms chapter 46. Psalms 46 tonight. Look in verse 4. The Bible talks about rivers here tonight. Psalms 46 and verse 4. It said, There is a river, and the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. That's Jerusalem. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved, God shall help her, and that the right early. What are you talking about? Well, the rivers make glad the city of God. And we find that God sent that Spring it brings it brings happiness. The rivers of that brought happiness to Jerusalem. It brings joy. It brings cheer. It brings hope. Can you just imagine tonight at the city of Jerusalem, the tabernacles of God, the place where God dwells, the God, the place where God put His name upon it. It's His Jerusalem. It's His city. It's among His tab- tabernacle, His temple tonight. And friend, the Bible says as that Gihon spring was gushing out to Jerusalem you can tell, Fred, that it brought joy and cheer to the city. Amen. Amen. Oh, that they might have a supply of water. We find that the rivers not only make glad the city of God, but the rivers make glad the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High because it brought life. Without that spring of Gihon to Jerusalem, you could not have life there it brings spirit, it brings power. That's what it brings tonight, this water to Jerusalem. If they didn't have this water in the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High, there would be nobody there. That would be emptied. It would be wasteful. There would be no need to have anybody present at Jerusalem without the supply that was gushing forth from creation out of the Garden of Eden coming all the way down through Gihon into the pool of Siloam where the fountain gate was built there on the tabernacles of the city of God at the holy place. Thirdly, tonight, the rivers made glad the presence of God. It says in verse 5, God is in the midst of her. We find because of this gushing of water of the Gihon Spring that came up through the pool of Silo, where the fountain gate was, it brought a stability to Jerusalem because the presence of God was there. It brought tonight a satisfaction. This gushing of water, the Gihon Spring, it brought not only tonight a satisfaction and a stability, it brought a security. Friend, I say to you tonight, all that was sent by God. It was created by God. It was provided by God. So that the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles, the presence of God would find joy and cheer and hope and satisfaction and security and stability tonight. That it might find tonight of a place of where there's life and there's spirit and there's power just because of the gushing of the water from the Gihon Spring. Well, I tell you, that's pretty interesting. I'm just trying to tell you facts tonight. Number two. Not only do I notice the water supply into Jerusalem, the only water supply into Jerusalem. It was the only place for God's servants to be was at this fountain gate. I want you to look at this. Look at verse 15 back in the Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 3. The only place for the only water supply to be at Jerusalem was where the servants would be. The Bible says in verse 15... The wall of the pool of Silo at the bottom of it by the king's garden. Well, if you mark down, the king's garden. Not just anybody's garden. The king's garden. It goes on and says down to the stairs that go down into the city of David. Not just any old city. The city of David. The servant of the Lord. We find, look in verse 15, uh, verse 16, the Bible says, uh, it goes on down unto the sepulchres of David and to the pool that was made and unto the house of the mighty. So we're not talking about tonight this water is gushing in in any place of Jerusalem, but it's gushing in at the place of the city of David, at the king's garden amongst the, the people that we consider tonight to be the house of the mighty. That's where this water was headed. This is where that water was going. And that's where it was at. i notice in verse 19, the Bible says, uh, the bottom of the portion, it says another piece over against the going up to the armory at the turning of the wall. And now we find that in this fountain gate in the wall, the armory was there. The armory meaning what? Well, that's where you battle with. That's the armory. That's the, the bullets or the, the swords or the staves or the artillery tonight, the warfare of what it's going to require and what's going to take so that others won't take your city. This is the armory. That's where the servants were at, friend, and the water was there. So we find tonight in verse 20, the Bible says, The last portion of that scripture, the wall under the door of the house of Elisabeth, the high priest. And so now we're talking about the high priest, the servants of the Lord. Look at verse 25. The Bible says that this is going to be about the king's high house. It says, Palau, the son of Uzziah, over against the turning of the wall and the tower which lieth out of the king's high house. It was by the court of the prison after a of the son of Joseph. We find tonight in the king's high house. And so, what are you trying to say, brother? I'm trying to tell you tonight of that this this fountain that we're talking about it was provided, it was supplied, it was sent by God Himself tonight unto Jerusalem. But it was sent to the king. It was sent to the mighty. It was sent to the armorer. It was sent tonight to the house of the of the high priest tonight to the servants of the Lord. Lord. that's where it was sent now could the whole city gather get some of this water absolutely but if you notice it's right there with all the region of the city of David it's right there when you walk from where David's palace is you come down those steps you go into the pool of Silo right there the king's house the house of the mighty all surrounding water right all about the water it's all about that supply that was coming from God, from the Gihon spring. Secondly tonight, I want you to notice not only the facts of the fountain gate, but I want you to notice the foes of the fountain gate. I want you to notice tonight that if you look at all the gates, uh, this gate here is the greatest of gates that's destroyed. We find in verse 15 all the way to down to verse 25, We notice the great destruction by the fountain gate. Uh, It is the largest repair by far. It is the biggest ruin by far. It is tonight the longest rebuild by far. In other words, what are you trying to say, Brother Larry? I'm trying to say tonight, whenever the enemies came and when the foes began to besiege the city of Jerusalem, where did they hit? Where did they come through? What gate were they interested in? Where was their focus? Where was their aim? It was in the water of the city. Amen. And that's why the greatest destruction of all that wall, 750 feet of the wall was destroyed and the fountain gate was destroyed because when the enemies came, they came in and zeroed in in the water. Because if they can get the water, they can get the city. Amen. Amen. We find the foe of the fountain gate. For the enemies outside of Jerusalem, that was their focus to get that Get that water. Notice the great design was the fountain gate. Turn your Bibles with me to Second Kings uh, chapter twenty with me. Second Kings chapter twenty and verse twenty. Second Kings twenty twenty. Second second Kings twenty twenty. We find tonight the Bible has to say in the rest of the Acts of Hezekiah in all his might how he made a pull and a conduit and brought water into the city? Or are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? Look at 2 Chronicles 32:30. 30. 2 Chronicles 32:30. 30. Talking about Hezekiah. He's the one who, brought the, the, who built the conduit, he's the one who made the great design. Of this conduit of changing the direction of the water, Second Chronicles chapter Second Chronicles chapter thirty-two verse thirty. Tonight, the Bible says this same Hezekiah also stopped the upper water course of Gihon and brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all his works. Tonight, the tunnel that Hezekiah made, the tunnel that Hezekiah built. Tonight, according to according to the historical facts. Was a seventeen hundred tonight, seventeen hundred feet long. It was 17 B.C. when he did that. Now, why would he do that tonight? Because he knew that whenever the enemy would come in to destroy. They would come and look for that water, that Gihon spring, when it came into the Jerusalem. And what he did was he took a tunnel, Hezekiah's tunnel it's called, and he redirected uh, that water to come on the inside uh, because he knew that the enemy would get it easily on the outside and he made it come on the inside and come down there by the pool and that was his tunnel of taking that water and redirecting it into a place where the enemy couldn't get to it so easy. That was smart. That was intelligent. Because we all know tonight if we want to take something, we will surround that something and stop all food and stop all water, and you'll destroy whatever's in the middle of that. Uh-huh. Well, the enemy knows that too. And Hezekiah, in the books that we read, he was the one tonight to protect the water supply from the enemy. Because he knew that they got to the water supply, they're done but also to provide water supply to the city of where it needed to go, which is down by the city of David, by all the servants of the Lord. So Hezekiah was the one who brought that there. Number three, no, it's not only the great destruction and great design, but I want you to notice the great desire was the fountain gate. The first attack is always the water supply. The first asset uh, that, you can, that the source of strength is the water supply. The first advantage to stopping uh, the enemy or stopping you tonight would be the, the hope and the life of that city and the hope and the life of that city was the water. That water that was sent by God. That water that was created by God. That water that was prepared for God. And that water tonight that came unto Jerusalem that God said it will bring a happiness, a joy, a gladness. It will bring help unto the city of God. And so we find the foe. April the 7th, April 70 A.D. The Roman general Titus encircled the city and cut off the supplies and drove out the Jews. That's a fact tonight. That's when when we find that Israel was destroyed. The temple was destroyed, never to be built back again again until the, the very time of the Antichrist. We find tonight that this is the battle plan for every fight. To, if you can get the supply tonight physically, if you can get somebody tonight and stop the water supply physically, they will die. Wow. This is also a fight not only physically tonight, but it's a fight financially. No. If you can stop the very stream of income, you're done. Yeah. Amen? Ain't nobody in this room tonight going to live without money. No, sir. You can't live on love. No, sir. You think you can. You're not going to live on hope. Not going to live on a prayer. You're going to live tonight friend, with the stream of having financially tonight. There's got to be money coming in or you will dry up. There's got to be physically tonight water coming in or you'll dry up. Spiritually tonight is the same truth. You've got to have tonight the water supply of, this, of the Spirit of God tonight coming into your life or you'll dry up. Amen? Right. My third point. This is really where I want to be. I want you to notice the fight for the Fountain Gate. The fight for the Fountain Gate. I wonder tonight, since you kind of know now about Jerusalem and its facts and its foes, Uh, that there was only one water supply that came into Jerusalem that brought gladness. Mm -hmm. And it brought gladness tonight because it was the city of God and it was where the the Holy of Holies was at, and that's where the presence of God was. Mm -hmm. And tonight, there was a fight because Hezekiah moved that tunnel so that it would be easier for the city to get water and harder for the enemy to cut it off. Mm -hmm. Tonight, I wonder, is there a fight within us tonight of the fountain gate. Now what I mean tonight is, is why is the fountain gate so important in our lives? Why is the fountain gate tonight so attacked? Well let me say about the fountain gate and what it represents tonight. The fountain gate represents the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. That's what it represents tonight. The Holy Ghost of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4 and look there in verse 13 with me. John chapter 4 and verse 13. The Bible says, as Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give never shall thirst. But the water that I shall give to him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. What is he talking about there? Is he talking about the water from the well? No, he made it very clear. He said, the, whosoever drinketh this water, talking about the well water, he said, they will thirst again. But verse 14, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give them, I shall give them, then they shall never thirst. So let's look in chapter 7 and verse 37, and he, again he says this. John chapter 7 verse 37 In the last day, in a great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 37, verse 38 He that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Is he talking about water here? Or is he talking about the Holy Ghost here? We'll look in verse 38 But this spake he of the Spirit so it gives us clear understanding that when Jesus is talking about this water that he gives and that the water that he gives comes into the belly and the spirit, the spirit springs up and the water ever flows tonight, it flows unto eternal life tonight. He's talking about the Holy Ghost of God. And the fountain gate tonight that you and I must build up in our lives in order to have revival tonight in our homes, in our hearts, and in the house of God tonight, we're going to have to come to the place where we got to build that fountain gate means tonight that we got to be concerned about the Holy Ghost of God. It's just not showing up at the house of God. It's just not reading your Bible. It's just not getting down on your knees and praying tonight. It's just not going out and telling others about Jesus tonight and giving your money to missions and giving your money to tires tonight and living a good life and living a, a smart life and being kind and gentle and loving tonight. It's about walking in the Spirit of God. Amen. That's what it's about tonight. You can read your bible without the spirit of god and get nothing. You can pray without the spirit of god and get nowhere. Friend, you can you can give your money tonight without the spirit of god and it's a waste. Friend, you can do everything and anything in the christian life tonight. You can do it calculated, you can do it cold, you can do it by you can do it by uh just doing it every day like a routine tonight, but until the Holy Ghost of God is involved in that, until, friend, you find that that power and that spirit and that life that comes from above tonight that ever flows within you, that bubbles up within you, that never ends within you, that you'll never thirst again unto God again. Friend, we need the Holy Ghost of God tonight to come into our church and to come into our lives and to come into our homes and take over tonight so you and I can find Jesus. And if you want revival tonight, here's how you get it. we got to build and repair our fountain gate. Far too long tonight we have allowed the Spirit of God just to drift off. We've allowed the Spirit of God not to be part of our services here at Glory Baptist Church. We've allowed ourselves at home and at work to find ourselves and the Spirit of God is not leading and guiding us any longer. We find ourselves tonight walking in the flesh and walking in the world and walking carnality tonight. We find ourselves tonight taking up the philosophies and ideologies of the world tonight. We find ourselves loving the world and being friends to the world tonight. We find ourselves tonight looking in the fashions of the world, listening to the music of the world, watching the entertainment of the world, and drowning us out tonight. And the Spirit of God tonight is grinched and is grieved in our souls tonight. Oh God, forgive us tonight to allow us tonight to go with God without the Spirit of God we find tonight in this fight will you fight tonight for the fountain gate oh we see that the fountain gate represents the Holy Ghost Jeremiah chapter 17 13 says the source of the Holy Ghost it says this the Lord the fountain of the living waters Tonight, the Lord is the fountain of the living waters. Jeremiah 17, 13, the Lord, the fountain of the living waters. See, that's the source of the Holy Ghost. God is the source of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost tonight is not like Casper, the friendly ghost. The Holy Ghost tonight is not some spooky idea. It's not some ideology tonight that something's going to happen in the dark. Uh, You'd be very scared. You better have a light somewhere because you never know the ghosts may come around and go poof scare you tonight. I'm just telling you the Holy Ghost tonight, its source uh, is the very Lord Himself. Amen. The Holy Ghost of God is God tonight Himself. Jeremiah 2, 13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters tonight. We've got to know tonight that the Holy Ghost of God is God Himself. Amen. We want to sing songs that bring praise unto Him. We've got to sing it in the Holy Ghost. Tonight, if we want God to hear our prayers, we got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Tonight, if we want God to respond in our preaching tonight, we got to preach in the Holy Ghost tonight if we want to be effective as a husband we've got to live in the Holy Ghost Uh, tonight if we want to be effective as a wife tonight we've got to live in the Holy Ghost of God tonight if you and I want to be effective tonight in our world in which we live tonight we've got to live by the Holy Ghost amen oh we cannot take the third person of God tonight and shove him off and never mention his name anymore and say he's a forgotten person and he's not needed in our lives tonight oh God help us to build up our family Gate, so that the power of God would come upon us again. Amen. The Holy Spirit tonight. You said, boy we get too wild with the Holy Spirit. We'll just be speaking in tongues. Not very long. you would be finding yourself out there in the front yard." You say, "Well, you know, well, just have a healing service." You know, man, we just, we'll just we just come on and be raising the dead and and we'll be we'll be eating uh you know poison and, and playing with snakes and man get out of here. I'm talking about real things tonight. I'm talking about tonight that you are walking with God and you're walking with power, and you're walking with strength, and you're walking tonight with the very gladness in your heart that Jesus is real and God is true. Tonight you're not walking in doubt. You're not walking tonight friend, of of thinking something and it's not really true tonight. Uh, You're not going around scared and fearful of the world and all the things that are happening around the world tonight. You're walking tonight with great confidence and great boldness tonight and you got the strength of the water that comes from God. The Holy Spirit tonight. Oh, can I say here secondly tonight as we look at the source of the Holy Spirit I want you to notice the sending of the Holy Spirit. As God sent the Gihon spring to Jerusalem. Amen. Is that what he said in the pool of Siloam? By interpretation sent. As God sent that spring of Gihon down into Jerusalem and the pool of Siloam became it. The same thing happened with the Holy Ghost of God. God sent it. It says in John fourteen twenty six, uh, whom the Father will send in my name. John 15, 26, whom I will send unto you from the Father. John 16, 7, I will send him unto you. Can I say tonight, the source of the Holy Ghost of God is the Lord himself. Can I say tonight, the one who sent the Holy Ghost is God himself tonight. Amen. Amen. And thirdly, I want you to notice the supply of the Holy Ghost. In Romans chapter 8. In verse 9 the Bible says he indwells us. And when you get saved by the blood of the Lamb tonight, the Holy Ghost of God is indwelling in you. The Holy Ghost of God abides in you. The Holy Ghost of God stays in you. The Holy Ghost of God comes into the temple of God. And in the temple of God tonight, you become a holy temple. And the only reason why you become a holy temple is because of the Holy Spirit, amen? And the Holy Spirit indwells in you to never leave your side, amen? And so we find in the supply of the Holy Ghost that comes from God and God himself is that Holy Ghost. He will supply us by indwelling us. And we are a child of God tonight because of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of God. We're saved for all of eternity because of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of God. My name is written down in the last book of life because of the Holy Ghost of God. I got a reservation in heaven tonight because of the Holy Ghost of God. I'm telling you tonight if I die right where I'm standing, I would go to heaven and see Jesus. Amen. Absent from the body, present with the Lord, not Because because of my goodness, and not because of my faith, but because of him tonight indwells in me. Woo! I know it's Sunday night. I don't care if it's Monday night. Well, I'll tell you the supply of the Holy Ghost, he indwells us. I know secondly tonight, according to First Corinthians 12, 13, the Holy Ghost baptizes us. He baptizes us according to the scripture tonight into one body. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, friend, you become the body of Christ. And you don't become the body of Christ because some prayer you prayed or some dunk you got. And you don't become the part of the body of Christ because that's what you decided to do. You become the body of Christ because the Holy Ghost of God that God had sent and God is the source of tonight has now baptized you. He's plunged you. He's put you completely in tonight. He's immersed you into the body of Christ whom He is the head of tonight. And the only reason why you're the church tonight is because the Holy Ghost of God has baptized you into the church tonight amen. become the church of God That's right. amen. Amen. amen so we find he indwells us yes. he baptizes us Whew. man have you ever seen anybody get unbaptized for you that would say you can lose your salvation tonight I'd like for you to explain something to me how does somebody get baptized into the body of Christ and then get unbaptized? Does that mean we got to go back into the water like we did before? And you know how you have a camera and you got the video going and you start from A and they'll go all the way to B or C or D? And all of a sudden you got to go reverse and you go back from D to A? You see how everything kind of went back and you start right here, did all this coming kind out, of and you go back and you see how it came back and You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what will happen tonight. If you lose your salvation, you're going to have to go all the way back to the beginning again and get unbaptized. Uh-huh. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's right. If you believe that tonight, you're on that bandwagon. <laughs> you're just as dumb as they are. Uh-huh. It don't make no sense to me tonight to think that if Jesus indwells in me by the Holy Ghost of God and he baptizes me, me into the body of Christ, I can be unsaved. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. The Bible says he seals you. He seals you. You're sealed. And you can't go nowhere if you wanted to. You say, well, one day I'm going to decide I'm not going to serve God no more. You can't. You say, I'm going to quit going to church. You can't. You know what? I think I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. I decided that I'm going to be unchristian. You can't. You know what? Take my name out of the book of life. Cancel my reservation. I know you accepted me into beloved, but unaccept me. Does that sound foolish, friend? You're sealed. You're sealed with the Holy Ghost of God a promise. You're done. You 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 just put a knife in you, man, or a fork. You're just well done. You can't ever not be a Christian. You can't ever not be a child of God. You cannot ever be born again. That's like being born. Let's just put that into perspective. That's like being born. Have y'all ever seen anybody unborn? I mean, you get born and you get become unborn. I mean, if our, if our people in White House tonight could make that happen, they would make that happen. That somebody would be born. They say, oh, no, no, we don't want them to be born. Go back up in there. Make them unborn. When you get born again, is there ever a point in time when you get unborn again? I'm just saying tonight you're sealed. Tonight you're baptized. Tonight you're indwelt. And fourthly, tonight, you're anointed. First John two twenty seven. You're anointed when God begins to teach you, gives you guidance, begin begin to give you the understanding, begin to give you the knowledge, you're anointed. God begins to anoint you with His Spirit and you become more than you've ever been before because of the anointing of God. Fifthly, He fills you. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. That just means tonight that you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost of God, that God will fill you. And what does that mean tonight? That means God will empower you. That means tonight God will influence you. God will impact you. What does it mean tonight that you and I have, need to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God? Tonight, every one of us are to fall on our faces tonight before God and say, God, before I leave this church house tonight, you fill me with your spirit. Amen. Because we don't have the power to, throw the, the, to to just blow the fuzz off of a peach. We ain't, got enough, we ain't got enough strength tonight to fight the whole world, much less the devil tonight. We're going to need the filling of God's Spirit to be empowered. We're going to need to be influenced. we got to be impacted. Oh, we've got to be controlled tonight. And the Holy Ghost of God, that word filled, means those words, controlled by God, influenced by God, impacted by God. And tonight, every one of us in the morning, we get up, so God, fill me with your spirit and throughout the day. God, fill me with your spirit. When you get home, God, fill me with your spirit. Next day, God, fill me with your spirit. Hey, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me. You say, what's wrong with you, brother? You got holes in you. Yeah. Why do you got to keep on saying get filled with the Spirit of God? Oh, because things take place in life, in my mind, in my heart, in my imaginations tonight. Things that come before my eyes. Things that come upon my ears. Things tonight that comes before me tonight that creates and causes me to become empty of the Holy Ghost of God and not in the way of being lost but being a power. Amen. An influence. Oh. An impact. Tonight, fill me. Tonight we need to build our fountain gate so that you and I on an everyday basis tonight can be filled with the Spirit of God. Hey, let's turn to Acts with me tonight. Let's see what that just looks like. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. I got a new watch today, $10.49. Right there at Wally World. I don't promise you how long it's going to last, but right now it's it's 6.30. Chapter 2, verse 4. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what does this feeling mean here? Well, look in Acts chapter 4 and verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Acts chapter 9, or look at verse 31 of the same chapter. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Chapter 9 and verse 17. The Bible says... And Ananias went his way and entered to the house and putting his hands on the said brother Saul the Lord even Jesus had appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent thee and thou mightest receive thy spirit and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Chapter 13 and verse 9. The says then Saul who was also called Paul filled with the Holy Ghost set his eyes on him. Verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. You know what all that means tonight? We don't have time to go through each one of them, but let me say what it means. It means that each one of those men that were filled with the Holy Ghost of God were empowered with God. They were able to preach with boldness. They were able to stand in the gap. They were able to preach tonight without fear. Uh, They gave what God asked them to do. They were controlled by the Holy Ghost of God. They went where the Holy Ghost of God said to go. They were influenced by the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, They didn't go off the side. They didn't go off track. They went exactly where he asked them to do. They did exactly what he asked them to do. And he was made into a way, friend, where God could use these men by being filled with the Holy Ghost. Ghost of God. God can't use you if you're not filled with His Spirit tonight. You have to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. We find tonight that this Holy Ghost source is the Lord. We find that the very Holy Ghost of God that was sent, just like it was in Nehemiah's day, and thirdly, we find the supply of it. Rebuilding or repairing our fountain gate allows us To allow God to lead us. It allows God to guide us. It allows God to teach us. It allows God to comfort us. It allows God to aid us. It allows God to help us. It allows God to use us. This flowing water, this gushing forth as Gihon meant and as the very living water friend that comes forth from God himself that was sent from the Father and it has come part of our lives because it became part of us tonight as we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior we find the Holy Ghost of God now he's the one tonight that gives us leadership gives us guidance gives us aid and gives us help and gives us comfort tonight so that we can do the work of God we can finish the race that we started we can fight in the battle that he asked us to fight him. And tonight we can do as he pleases. We can please the Lord tonight because of the gushing water of God that's coming down from the throne room of God. By the way, the Holy Ghost of God, the only water supply we got tonight to do the will of God is the Holy Ghost of God tonight. Amen. Right. Amen. You're going to get no power from anywhere else. Right. Only the Holy Ghost tonight gives you power. You'll get no comfort anywhere else tonight. You'll get no aid anywhere else. You'll find no teaching. You'll find no guidance. You'll find no leadership. You'll find no movement at all in any other place. The Holy Ghost of God is the supply that was at Jerusalem, and it's the supply that's in every one of us tonight. God is that source. He supplied it, and He sent it. Tonight, can I tell you, whenever we are filled with His Spirit, when we're indwelt by Him and we're baptized into the body by Him, and tonight we find that we're sealed by the Holy Ghost of promise tonight, we find tonight that we're anointed by God tonight that gives hope to others. As that water into Jerusalem gave hope to Jerusalem. You and I tonight, you want to give hope to your marriage? Get filled with the Holy Ghost of God. You want to get hope, you want to bring hope to your children tonight? Get filled with the Holy Ghost of God. If you want to bring hope to your church tonight, get filled with the Holy Ghost of God. You say, "Brother, is it my money enough? No. Is it my prayer enough? No. Is it my presence enough? No. Is it my working enough? No. What is needed and necessary for our homes and for our lives and for our very heart with God tonight, the Holy Ghost of God. It's the only supply that we get tonight. We can only bring help to others when we're filled with God's Spirit. We can only bring hope to others tonight by His Spirit. We can only bring love to others tonight and joy to others by the Spirit of God. Tonight, because of the Spirit of God in us, we can make others satisfied. We can, tonight, it will bring others in contentment. It'll bring others victorious and profitable. Tonight it'll bring us with great value. This is why we're commanded tonight to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. So that you and I and those around us tonight can experience the moving and the loving and the graciousness of God. And friend, we can make a difference not only in our homes, make a difference in our church, make a difference in our workplace, in all the places we go by being filled with the Holy Ghost of God, knowing that's the power. The power. The power. Tonight, can I say, we're also commanded to do two things. Number one, we're commanded out of Ephesians 4.30, grieve not the Spirit of God. Now, do you know why? If the Spirit of God tonight is the only power sent from God that will bring influence and impact into our lives... That tonight we are told to walk in the Spirit of God and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're told to pray in the Holy Ghost. We are told to preach and to teach in the Holy Ghost. Uh And if we're going to do anything for God tonight, we've got to have the empowerment of God within us through the Holy Ghost. That's why he says you and I not to grieve the Holy Ghost. Uh For we can grieve a lot of people We can grieve thy pastor, we can grieve thy spouse, we can grieve thy children, we can grieve thy employer, we can grieve the boss man, we can grieve the friend, we can grieve the enemy. Oh, but there's one tonight that you don't grieve. Why? Because you become powerless. That's why. You become weak. You become fragile. You become unuseful you've come to a place, friend, where you're just nothing. Can't do nothing. Can't even pray no more. Can't even read my Bible and get anything out of it. I come to the house of God and the preacher preaches. And Brother Labram been preaching the same way for 27 years now. But I can't get anything from the preaching anymore. It must be his preaching. Mm. You Never thought about it. It could be you right. that you grieve the Spirit of God. Awesome. We find tonight... The second thing that it commands us not to do is not to grieve the Holy Ghost but to quench the Holy Ghost. Don't quench the Holy Ghost. We find tonight in the way of quenching we see tonight uh, the very truth in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19 it says quench not the Spirit. Tonight we need to fight, fight, fight to keep to keep tonight the flow of living water in you and I. That flow of living water it has got to come to us. Tonight we're to beg God. We're to cry with the tears in which he has generated within our eyeballs. Tonight our hearts are to be so burdened down. And our, our hearts tonight are to be so thrusted out. That God all I need and all I want from you. The Lord is to fill me with your spirit. That I might have the power of God to raise my children and to lead my home. That I might have the power of God to make a living and to do what's right before my family. I'd have the power of God to come to the house of God and to give accordingly and to, to teach and to preach and to worship God tonight in the spirit, amen, and in truth tonight. Oh, God, help us tonight to carry on with that flow of that gushing water from heaven itself called the Holy Ghost of God. God, so that you and I tonight can do the work of the Lord can I say here secondly not only the fountain gate tonight and with it is represents the Holy Ghost but I notice tonight that the fountain gate also tonight is the attacked by the enemy There's no greater attack on a Christian tonight except the Spirit of God. Is that true? You can find tonight that the devil or the enemy tonight could attack you. Let me just say this. Could attack you tonight, and let's say that we lose one of our children in a car wreck. Oh, that might hurt. And that might sting, and that might be very upsetting. But you can go on and live for God. Tonight, you might lose a spouse by the way of cancer or heart attack, or even by the way of divorce. And tonight, you can go on with God. Tonight, you might lose your big job. You might lose that income, but you can still go on with God. Fred, you might come to a place where you total out your car. You might even come to the place, friend, where you find yourself with maybe a heart trouble or maybe a gallbladder. You can still serve the Lord. But, friend, whenever the enemy attacks, and he attacks you in the way of the Holy Ghost of God, and you quench and you grieve his spirit, You're done. You're done. You can't pray. You can't read. You can't get nothing out of church. You get discouraged. You get down. You start slipping. You start getting back to not who you were, but getting close to it. You start having a bad attitude. You get bitter. Next thing you know, friend... You're not what you used to be. And somebody comes to talk to you and you say, well, you know, I was just attacked and the Spirit of God. The enemy attacked the Spirit. And boy, it pushed me down. I lost all my zeal. I lost all my energy. I lost all the power to keep going. You say, can that happen? Oh, yeah. It can happen. Tonight I pray. As the enemy came for that water flow in Jerusalem, he'll come for the water flow in you. He's going to try to cut that flow off because he knows if he can cut that flow off, he can get you. You'll dry up. Amen. Now, you might be saved. You might be going to heaven. But Fred, your life will no longer be as exciting as it was. The services will never feed you like it did. And I tell you tonight, your prayer life will never be like it was. And I tell you something else tonight. The blessings of God will not flow as they did before because of spiritual attack of the devil tonight. We see that. We see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, turn there with me if you don't mind. Well, I got to close i seen Brother Brian come in. I thought our service started. I thought I had some more time, brother. You done done got me off off track. It says, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But But ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. See, tonight in the Spirit you'll live. In the flesh you'll die. Verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you're led by the Spirit, you're the sons of God. Look at verse 15. You shall be loved. The Bible says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. We find love when the Spirit of God's leading us. When we find the Spirit of God's leading us, we're living, we're led, and we're loved, but then we learn. Look in verse 16 through 18. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. So that suffer with Him, that we may also glorify with Him. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us tonight. We find that we learn that we have confidence in Him. We have assurance in this, and we have endurance with that. Not worthy compared to the glory of the flesh tonight or Satan will bring you down in this area of concentration, in the area of contentment, in the area of being satisfied, the area tonight of enduring and moving on and going through tonight. The enemy, the devil tonight, if it can get hold of the spirit, it can take you down. Oh, tonight, we got to know and fight That the bower of God, the flowing and wind rivers within us that keep us walking with God, keep us praising the Lord, keep us joy in our hearts, that keeps us our line of our mind on that line and that focus on that reward and keeps us in the place where we can serve God with contentment and boldness and confidence tonight is the Holy Ghost of God. Help us tonight, Lord. We need to build our fountain gate tonight as we stand to our feet our heads are bowed our eyes are closed I apologize preaching so late I should have looked at my new watch the spirit tonight is what you worship in the spirit is what you walk in the spirit is what you work with the spirit is what you wait on the spirit is what you want the Spirit is what makes you excited. The Spirit is what energizes you. The Spirit is what empowers you. The Spirit is what encourages you. The Spirit is what engages you. The Spirit tonight brings action, vitality, liberty, joy, and life. You stop existing, you begin living. The Spirit does that. The Lord is grieved and quenched. All those are dried up. Help us, Lord. If you need to come tonight and pray about building your fountain gate, do that tonight. You sing, Brother George. If you need to come, you come. God help me tonight. Help me to fight for the fountain gate. Help me not to get give, give up tonight being cold and indifferent with God. I don't want to be that way. I want to be hot I want to be on, with God. I want to be fire. I want to live tonight with, with the zeal of God. I want to live tonight with the power of the Lord. God, give us help tonight. Build our fountain gate. We will find revival right there. Right there. That the Spirit of God, Spirit of God will move tonight on our hearts, move in our lives, It'll do a work tonight within our hearts. Give us life, vitality, joy. Yes, tonight. Yes. Blessed be your name. Holy Ghost of God, fill us with your spirit. Anoint us, Lord. Oh, God, help us tonight. Your name to be blessed. Blessed is your name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, please, Lord. Revive this church. Revive our hearts, Lord God. Revive us. God, fill us with your spirit. Please, my Lord. Sing again, brothers. Some still praying. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, we beg you tonight. Anoint us with your spirit. God fill us with your power. Yes. Yes, Father. Blessed be your name. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Oh God. I wonder how many days that I have lived with the quenching of the Spirit on how many days and hours that I lived grieving the Spirit of God the very water source I need in order to live for God I'm ashamed to say it's embarrassing God help us tonight Brother Robert dear brother good to see you tonight would you dismiss us in a word of prayer